We meet today in Galatians chapter 2, beginning with verse 11 to verse 14. That is the passage we are going to study today. In our previous study, we saw how Paul had an experience with the apostles in Jerusalem. In that particular passage, we learned of how he went to Jerusalem, uh, which was after his conversion. He went there with Titus, who was not circumcised. And the result of that meeting was that an understanding was achieved as to how people come to faith. People going to be saved by grace alone or by grace plus the law. The other result of that meeting was that the church in Jerusalem agreed to be on a mission to serve, to bring an offering to those who were in needy, uh, both Jews and Gentiles. That was a very wonderful thing to be achieved. And indeed, we also learned of the practical steps that we need to learn in resolving conflict or volatile issues that may arise within God's community. Today, we are looking at Paul's experience, not in Jerusalem anymore, but Paul's experience in Antioch. And his experience in Antioch is with Peter, with Peter. By the way, Paul is still dealing with the issue of Judaizing Christianity instead of allowing Christianity to be a walk of freedom in Christ. So he highlighted the way they resolved this issue with the apostles in Jerusalem. But that was not all. He even confronted Peter. So at Antioch, Paul openly resisted Peter who played hypocrisy with regard to communion with the Gentile converts for fear of some from among the Jews. And he induced others to dissemble or to behave hypocritical, arguing with him because he, who himself sought justification by faith in Christ, led others to seek it by the works of the law. In this personal section of Paul's life, we have seen his experience in Arabia with the Lord Jesus Christ, his experience with apostles in Jerusalem. Now we see Paul's experience in Antioch with Peter. Peter is important, my friend, because he also is an important preacher who started the preaching of the word of God when the church was birthed. The church in Antioch was largely a Gentile church, although it was a mixture of Jew and Gentile. We will not understand what happened there unless we consider how early the church operated. You see, they had a love feast which was held in connection with the Lord's Supper. Paul has a great deal to say about this subject actually in First Corinthians. The early believers, my friend, they came together for a meal, which was a love feast. They came together for a meal. And that was done before they celebrated the Lord's Supper. When Gentiles were served, a problem was raised. In the congregation were Jews who had never eaten anything which had been sacrificed to idols. The Gentiles had been idolaters. 
and they were accustomed to eating meat that had first been offered to idols. They also ate pork and other animals designated as unclean in the law of Moses. Now, it made no difference to them because they had been raised that way. That was not the case with the Jews. Now, what was going to be done to keep from offending the Jewish Christians? Well, in Antioch, two tables were established. One was the kosher table. The other one was the Gentile table. Paul decided to eat at the Gentile table. Although he was a Jew, he ate with Gentiles because he taught that whether you eat meat or you don't eat meat makes actually no difference. Meat will not commend you to God. What made the difference was the fact that he is a new creation in Christ, even though he is a Jew by birth. The Gentile is also a new creation in Christ, even though he is a Gentile by birth. So Paul actually used this opportunity to communicate the profound truth which has liberated many of us and has brought us into the faith. Now, when Simon Peter came to visit Paul in Antioch, it was a new experience for him because although converted, he had never eaten anything unclean. Remember what Peter told the Lord Jesus on the rooftop in Joppa before he went to the home of Cornelius. He had a vision of heaven opening and a sheet being lowered in which were all kinds of unclean animals. That experience was something. In fact, we read from Acts 10 verse 13 to verse 15. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. You see, Peter had been a believer for some time when he came to visit Paul in Antioch, but he had still followed the Jewish eating patterns. When Peter came to the church, he found there were a gentle table and an acceptable table. Now, what is Peter's reaction? What is Peter going to do? Galatians 2 verse 11 to verse 14. Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face, because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. Galatians chapter verse 13 to verse 14. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles, and not as the Jews. Why do you compel Gentiles to live 
as Jews. You see, whenever one person who is in leadership actually misses the mark, he will not just go by himself, but he will also command certain people to follow him. That was the result here. He misled many. And because of the gravity of the matter, Paul confronted Peter right before them all. And his confrontation is a stain one. If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel Gentiles to live as Jews? You see, the detrimental effect of Peter's action was to influence other Jewish Christians to separate themselves from their Gentile brethren. Even the spiritual giant Barnabas, who had championed Gentile brethren, who had championed Gentile freedom in verses 1 to verse 9, he too was carried away with their hypocrisy. The hypocrisy here was the false impression left by their behavior. They really believed it was all right to eat with Gentiles, but they acted as though these convictions were not theirs. They were not acting rightly regarding the truth of the gospel. The gospel teaches that a person is saved by the grace, not by law. Therefore, he is not obligated as a Christian to live under the law. It was all right for Peter to eat at either table, Jewish or Gentile. But after he had been eating at the Gentile table, and for the fear of the brethren from Jerusalem, goes back to the Jewish table, he is saying by his action that the Gentile table is wrong and the Jewish table is right. That is what Paul rebuked. Now these brethren from Jerusalem were serious legalists, by the way, and under grace, that was their privilege. I have no objection to people today who feel that they should not eat certain meats. You may not even like pork. I have no problem with you, but you are also to give me the liberty to eat what I choose to eat. Frankly, I may not want to eat pork for health reasons, but it is not a religious matter at all. Simon Peter turned from the liberty he had found in Christ back into Judaism. That was a mistake. Peter was living like a Gentile in that he was mixing freely with Gentiles, with Gentile believers and not observing Jewish customs. He was eating Gentile foods. Yet Peter compelled the Gentiles to live as Jews in separating himself from them. By refusing to eat with them, he left Gentile believers no alternative but to either adopt Jewish dietary regulations or suffer a split in their church. In short, Peter was forcing them to become Jewish proselytes. Peter's hypocrisy lay not in his observing of the Jewish laws, but in making Gentiles keep them. The nature now of Paul's rebuke here shows, first of all, the inconsistency of law-keeping. It was right for Simon Peter to live as the Gentile believers lived. Why should he desire the Gentiles to live as the Jews? That is what he was saying when he left the table of the Gentiles for the kosher table. 
if gentle living under grace apart from the law was good enough for Peter, was it bad now for the Gentiles themselves? If Simon Peter was free to live outside the law, was it not lawful for the Gentiles to do the same? That is the crucial question Paul was posing before this man. Now, it is very important to make a few observations here. The confrontation between the two great leaders of the early church, they show four important points. Peter held no position of authority over all the churches, or for that matter, over any church. Two, there is a difference between the clearly inspired writings of an apostle, such as First Peter and Second Peter, in which there is no error, and the personal actions of an apostle, which are not divinely inspired. We even see here that Peter made an error. He made a mistake. And there is a difference. We should not regard his writings in First Peter and Second Peter as in error, nor that he wrote under the inspiration. Thirdly, good men may actually disagree in the church, and yet under the Spirit of God, they can work through to a solution. And that is what we see. Peter and Paul, even though they rebuked one another in front of the people, the solution was wet. They were good men, they had noble ambitions, and they can resolve a conflict. Friend, will you split the church because you are refusing to resolve a conflict? Will you let the name of the Lord be blasphemed among Gentiles because you would not give in? Remember, Paul admonished the Christians even at Ephesus saying, submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. Do you submit to one another out of your reverence and respect and fear of Christ? Fourth observation is that church leaders who sin publicly should be disciplined publicly. This is actually an area that has raised a lot of controversy. But whenever you hold a position of leadership, you are also held with greater responsibility. If you sin publicly, it must also be rebuked publicly. That is the standard of the word of God. That is the way God's people ought to deal with issues of the truth. Now, together with the theological evils that Peter's behavior caused, a practical question should come up. While Peter's change in policy about having meals with the Gentiles was damaging, the change in the policy for the Lord's Supper must have also been very ruinous. If this group was divided over the sharing of common meals, it is unimaginable that they would also be able to gather together around the Lord's Supper. Without Paul's instant and strong intervention, the church in Antioch might have been crippled and even destroyed. It would have actually just happened. How were they going to be separated on common meals and then be able to come together around the Lord's table when the Lord says, this is my body broken for you. How will they participate? Remember the Lord's table shows 
that we are one. It, the Lord's table brings us together. All of us saying, Abba, Father, Daddy. So it was good for Paul to deal with Peter right there in the public so that when the saints were to go to the Lord's table, they were on equal terms, all of them, Jew or Gentile, male or female. This is why Paul would talk about that even in the book of Galatians. We will meet in our next study to hear Paul's explanation of justification by faith because all along he is talking about justification by faith. He will explain that. Let us meet and continue to be encouraged in the word of God. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by 7264144475 from within south africa it's 0726414475